Cell phones, smartphones, iPhones, PDAs, iPods, MP3 players, digital cameras, notebooks, laptops. Are these gizmos helpful to physicians or really just expensive toys? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, author of You Can Think Like a Psychiatrist, your host. And with me today is Dr. John Lowe. Dr. Lowe wears many hats, including Chief of Consultation and Liaison Psychiatry, Director of Psychiatric Emergency Services, and Associate Director of Psychiatric Residency Training, all at the UCLA Semmel Institute for Neuroscience and Human Behavior. His courses and lectures on technology have been a staple of the APA scientific program for years, and I've even attended them. He writes a bi-monthly column called Tech Advisor for Primary Psychiatry, and also serves on the editorial advisory boards of Medicine on the Net and MD Net Guide. Welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Dr. Lowe, my first question is, does technology help you do all of these jobs? Unfortunately, I think technology has enabled me to do all these jobs. Otherwise, I would have had said no a long time ago. I think you're probably the busiest person I know. It seems that way. <laughs> so we're talking about mobile technology. What exactly does that mean? Well, mobile technology to me means anything from, as you mentioned, iPods to PDAs to even mobile computing in terms of having handheld computers. And so I definitely think there's been a trend. I remembered when I was at the APA meeting in New Orleans about five years ago, and I was talking about PDAs back then, and it would be a packed crowd of over 100 people, people even standing in the aisles listening to talk about PDAs because that was the hot topic back then. And now here we are today where, I hate to say it, the PDA, I wouldn't say is dead, but it's sort of morphed now into the smartphone where your Palm Trio or even your BlackBerry tends to be the device of choice for the busy physician. And so mobile technology is that. As technology improves, smaller, works faster, more portable, and more power, medicine's going to hopefully adapt this change and move with it. I really think it's an exciting possibility since I think the day of physicians having one office where they're parked there all day seeing patients kind of comfortably in front of a computer are somewhat numbered for many of us, especially the younger ones who have to uh, perhaps be at several different clinics or be at different hospitals. You have to have information with you and available to you in order to be effective. John, I'm amazed. You know, I consider myself a, a pretty early adopter of technology. I have my array of gadgets, but whenever I train new students or people just out of residency, I'm amazed at how immediately they go to their gizmo to look up something. So if it's a medicine question, I still look at the dinosaur PDR where they pull out a gizmo out of their pocket and there they go. So it seems to be a generational thing as well. Absolutely. Although I do think that, you know, the adage is you can't teach an old dog new tricks. I do believe that, you know, any physician who has a desire can become uh, a geek, if you will. <laughs> So why don't you give us some examples of how physicians might use some of these gadgets to actually help them in their practice and in their job? Well, first of all, one of the most popular things are any, is some type of a handheld drug information reference, such as Hippocrates or Lexi drugs. These are the most popular ones I've seen. And it's interesting, as the devices have changed, the 
capability of these products improve. For example, I still remember my old Palm, you know, back in, I think, 1995 when it first came out. It had only 256K of memory, which today now, you know, it has 64 megabytes. (laughs) We've come a long way. And of course, we have more information. We have not just, you know, static information about dosages, indications, but now we can do drug interaction checks. You know, we can have pictures of the pills. So that way, if we're there, we can show it to the patient and say, is this the one you're taking? And my fantasy, of course, is that with the built-in cameras, we can then take a quick snapshot, have the thing analyzed, and then tell us, you know, what this medication is. Ah, I think think we've got a ways for that one. But nonetheless, technology has definitely improved to where, you know, we have more information available to us at the point of care. That includes PubMed. I mean, you don't have to be at your desktop anymore in order to access PubMed and its information. PubMed actually has a handheld URL that you can then pretty much using whether it's a smartphone like a Palm Trio or even uh, a BlackBerry, as long as it has what's called WAP browsing, W-A-P, you can actually put in the URL and it'll actually help you generate the uh, request and format it such that you can read it on your device. I've done it in the field. I've actually said, okay, is there an indication for, say, Zyprexa in the treatment of migraines? And did a search right there. I think I was standing on a street corner, you know, talking to somebody about it and just stopped and looked it up. So let's go back to Hippocrates for a minute. I'm assuming that maybe we have some dinosaurs in the audience who aren't familiar with it. What might that offer the physician that you just can't get from the paper PDR, say? Well, I think the advantage to using a portable drug reference such as Hippocrates or Lexicon is that actually I think it's a little faster because instead of having to flip through the PDR to find, you know, okay, first I got to find the medication, then I got to flip to the page, the interface makes it easy for you that you just start typing the first several initials of the name. For example, I want to look up uh, Remeron. You start typing RE and it starts selecting out, and so pretty soon within two or three keystrokes, you've picked up the medication you want. Once you've selected it, you go to the next thing, whether it's going to be find out the dosages, the indication, the common side effects, the drug interactions to watch for. It's a tremendous resource. In fact, being a consultation psychiatrist, I would not have survived at all without having some kind of drug-drug interaction tool with me. And therefore, you know, the, my PDA is, it's been a lifeline, frankly. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. John Lowe. We are discussing mobile technology devices in medicine. Now, John, you mentioned drug interactions, and that's definitely the thing that I find the most helpful electronically when I'm in the office, because you could never remember all this, and to find it on paper is virtually impossible. Can you walk us through real quick? How would you do that? Well, basically, take Hippocrates, for example, which is one of my favorites, you would then go to the med check part of the device and select several medications and then hit a button that says drug interaction check. And then it would tell you what the potential drug interactions may be. And it's not just drug-drug interactions. It could be drug and alcohol or it could be diet, for example, you know, in terms of, say, as you know, grapefruit juice is an inhibitor of one of the cyclone P450 systems. And so it would pick those things up as well as dealing with herbal supplements. 
So it's a tremendous tool because, as you said, I can't imagine trying to have this matrix in my head of all these potential drug interactions. Now, what else besides a handheld with Hippocrates being able to access papers on the fly with PubMed, what else can be helpful to physicians? Again, the whole idea is point of care. So, for example, if you're fortunate you're in a large hospital where there's a computer terminal that's readily available and not out for repairs, you potentially don't need your device. And, for example, here at UCLA, there is you know, terminals and PCs in the hallway that we can access this. So one could say one doesn't need that. But for some hospitals where they may not have as much computer access, or if you're out, you know, let's say having lunch and you get a call saying this patient needs a medication for this particular condition, having a handheld reference can actually save you time because you can answer the question right there instead of having to say, well, let me get back to the office and I'll, I'll call that in. So whether it's uh, drug information or treatment guidelines, you can actually use products like something called Skyscape, which is actually a platform for whether it's a Palm OS or a Windows mobile operating system device, you can actually have things as a DSM-4 or a psychopharmacology guide or five-minute clinical consult or Harrison's, all available on your smartphone, which is mostly what people buy these days. And even Blackberries. If you have a Blackberry, it used to be that, well, you're kind of out of luck when it came to having mobile information, you know, stored locally on your device. But now Skyscape is beginning to support the RIM Blackberry, and you can actually get, you know, Harrison's now on your Blackberry. And I believe Lexicomp has also come out with a BlackBerry version of its drug interaction and drug information software. So, you know, it used to be your CrackBerry was just for email, but now it can do more. Wow. Well, you've just made my day. I've been bemoaning the fact that you can't get Hippocrates on BlackBerry. And I made the big switch from a Treo to a BlackBerry a couple of years ago, and that's the one thing I miss. So that's terrific to know. Some of the things that I hear from physicians who have been slow to embrace technology in their practices, one is that, well, what happens if I become used to this device and maybe even depended upon it, and then it breaks or I lose it, then what do I do? Well, actually, this is where I look at it as the device is not what's most important. It's the information. For example, if you have a trio that has the Palm operating system, for example, there's a company called Blue Nomad that makes something called Backup Buddy. And what's really nifty is you subscribe to this service, you press a button, or you can have a preset to how often it would back up your information. But literally, over a secure network exchange to its servers, it would back up your contact information, your schedule, things like that. So that way it's stored someplace. You could always reinstall Apocrates if you needed to. So that way, if you happen to drop your trio and needed a new one, you could just get back up to speed in you know, a matter of under an hour. And I've done that. I'm here to tell you it really works. The other thing I think people talk about is they say, well, I don't want to spend a lot of money on a new computer or a new PDA every year. And I'll admit, my use of technology is bordering on, I suppose, addiction because I pretty much have a new computer, a new PDA, or, or phone every year. But I look at it as this. If a device has sufficient new capabilities that will make me more efficient or I can access information faster because it connects to a faster network, 
then I'm going to go for that because I sort of see that I will gain some time to do other things down the road. And of course, with my busy schedule, usually that's work. <laughs> but, <laughs> but hopefully, you know, I would have more time for going to my daughter's, you know, dance recital, for example. And doing your email while you're there. Right. <laughs> I'd like to thank our guest today, Dr. John Lowe. We have been discussing the use of technology to enhance your practice and maybe even your free time. I'm Dr. Leslie Lent. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. And you can send them from your BlackBerry or your Treo or your handheld or your laptop. Thank you for listening.